as you can imagine, sitting on the beach in the Outer Banks, uh, completely burnt out from 16 days of riding the bike through rides and getting tear gas and pepper sprayed and things thrown at you. I was a little whooped to say the least and uh, kind of had an epiphany moment then. So sitting on the sand, looking at million dollar beach condos, I was figuring, I bet a third of these guys who own these were born rich, like it's inheritance money or passed down. And I bet a third of these guys are really smart, like rocket scientists or doctors, lawyers, well, I know I didn't have either of those two because I didn't inherit any money. And I failed out of business school, so I know I'm not going to be a rocket scientist. And uh, figured the last third had the guts to go out and make a change. Hello, and welcome to the Agent Podcast with your host, that's me, Raymond Schulseth. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Agent Podcast. I'm here with my buddy, Robert, coming to us out of North Carolina. Robert, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing? Good, man. Thanks for being here today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So I always start with why real estate? Why real estate? I guess I can break it down as simple as can be into two words. Family and freedom is why real estate for me. I love it. What's your background? Where'd you come from? <sighs> kind of a... Uh off the beaten path background to get into real estate. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's, if you'd asked me when I was 18 years old, I probably wouldn't be surprised where I am now. But if you asked me when I was 24, 25 years old, I would be. So how I got here, I uh, went to college, Christopher Newport University, and uh, had uh, took a off the beaten path road to get there too. I uh, played at a couple of junior colleges, blew my elbow out twice, two elbow surgeries. So couldn't give play? up the dream. What'd you play? Offensive line. Uh, I played at, uh, did a year at Lackawanna Junior College in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Did a year at Lewisburg College outside of Raleigh and then finished up two years at Christopher Newport. After blowing out my elbow, couldn't give up the dream. So I really went to college to play football. Figured I'd uh, figure it all out when I got there. Wanted to be a business major and had dreams of selling tickets for the NFL one day, and I was going to make a million dollars doing that. And uh, got to college, blew my elbow out, couldn't play football anymore, and kind of like a what now moment. Well, I was in business school and uh, actually failed out of that, couldn't pass calculus, which uh, now that I'm in the business world, come to find out I was right, didn't need calculus anyway. <laughs> um, so I got no football and no business school. So the only other majors that I could really switch to at that point were uh, criminal justice or, you know, psychology or English or history. And, you know, my dad's like, well, where are you going to get a job in? And he had been a cop for a few years. So I figured, well, we'll take this path. I'll be a cop. So I got a uh, criminology and psychology degree and uh, interned with because uh, Christopher Newport's Newport News, Virginia, uh, which is where my family's from. And after getting that degree, interned with Hampton Police in Virginia for six months and then uh, got hired by Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department uh, in 2016. And my, me and my then fiance, now wife, uh, moved down here and never been to Charlotte except for testing. Didn't know anything about Charlotte. We knew we wanted to be somewhere in North Carolina. And uh, yeah, ended up spending five years as a police officer in Charlotte. So did that. That was an adventure, as you can imagine, you know, big city cop and not knowing the area and everything. And, you know, did very well with that. Saw myself being a 30 year guy, 
uh, retiring as a police officer in Charlotte. You know, it kind of made sense. Dad did it. I did, I'm doing it and uh, had a lot of fun doing it. Had a lot of good mentors and training officers and a lot of good people helped me along the way with that and uh, have no regrets doing it. But after five years, towards the end of my fourth year, the uh, summer of 2020 happened and was a very rough time for policing. And lucky me was a riot bicycle officer. So spent 16 days straight in the riots over the summer and uh, got cut loose just in time for my first daughter's first birthday. And we had a beach trip planned for over a year and all the grandparents were coming down to celebrate our first kid's first birthday. And at that time, we didn't think we were going to make it, that we were going to have to be held over because mandatory overtime and no days off. And they cut me loose about a day short of going for the trip. So we got to go. And as you can imagine, sitting on the beach in the Outer Banks, uh, completely burnt out from 16 days of riding the bike through rides and getting tear gas and pepper sprayed and things thrown at you. I was a little whooped to say the least and uh, kind of had an epiphany moment then. So sitting on the sand, looking at million dollar beach condos, like these huge houses, 10, 12 bedrooms, you know, four or five million dollar price tags and uh, sitting there looking at them. You know, I, I was figuring I bet a third of these guys who own these were born rich, like it's inheritance money or passed down. And I bet a third of these guys are really smart like rocket scientists or doctors, lawyers. Well, I know I didn't have either of those two because I didn't inherit any money. I failed out of business school, so I know I'm not going to be a rocket scientist. And uh, figured the last third had the guts to go out and make a change. And so my wife and I started figuring out then, what can we do to kind of transition out? And uh, started flirting with the idea of real estate. Knew it was something that I could do part-time as a police officer and a lot of guys in the department had their real estate license as well. Started listening to uh, the GSD Mode podcast. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but oh, yeah. yep. former cop turned real estate agent gets you all fired up to go out and sell $100 million in your first year. <laughs> living the dream, and but I wasn't licensed. And I'm like, it was kind of something I was thinking about doing, and I was right there, but just couldn't pull the trigger on it. And uh, my wife then found out she was pregnant with our second daughter. and Around that time, we were actually gearing up for second round of possible protests with the the trial from the the summer and everything. And we knew something had to change. And I had been talking about it at work because I'm an open book. And if I'm thinking about something, everybody's going to know it. So I was working with my partner and uh, told him I was thinking about doing real estate. And he's like, no kidding. You know, a guy from my police class just quit last year to go full time. And I'm like, oh, that sounds great, but I bet he don't have any kids, probably not married. No, no, he's uh, he's married, got four, you know, four kids and he's doing it full time. And he just, you know, he's got a nice car, a nice house. And I'm like, really? Reached out to him and long story short, he's my mentor now at EXP, you know, shout out to Joel Hargett and uh, convinced me that I can do whatever I want to do and started to get licensed and took the class in October. And uh, finished up around January 2021. Took my test, passed the national on the first try, failed the state five times. Took me five times to pass that, which that made me love it even more because it was a challenge. And after, uh, you know, I don't like to fail things, never failed anything in the police academy and had a kind of an easy ride through there. And so it was a challenge. I like that. Finally got licensed and 
some things were starting to happen. You know, we had gotten a new chief and some things were happening in the city. And I just knew it was time with, you know, I couldn't leave two daughters at home. My wife was to stay at home and uh, I knew that it'd be tough enough having two kids, let alone, you know, working 60 hours a week and going out the door every day, not knowing if you're coming back in it and just kind of knew I needed to do something and then figured out that I had a bunch of sick and vacation time saved up. And if I take a leave of absence versus just quitting, I could be paid from the police department while pursuing real estate full time. And that allowed me about a three month cushion. I left the department informally in May of this year, May of 2021, worked like crazy for two months to find my first deal, found my first deal in uh, July of 2021. And uh, since then have sold you know, coming up on 7 million since then. So like, that's a crazy way to get the real estate, but that's where I am now. Congratulations. Like, I love that story, man. Like we could dissect a whole bunch of different segments of it and maybe we'll leave the riots and COVID <laughs> and that for another podcast. Yeah. I could talk um, for days about that. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah, we'll leave that for another podcast. Uh, we'll stay focused on on real estate for this. I like it. Um, yeah, like, man, my mind's going crazy with stories that you must mm -hmm. have. And I'm glad you're here, right? Like that that's probably the biggest takeaway because I could only imagine what it was like to be a police officer. Oh, yeah. My, my wife and daughters like the lifestyle adjustment, I could tell you that. Yeah. So you joined EXP. Mm -hmm. Why did you choose EXP? Well, uh, I would say that really my mentor was a big convincer of me to do that. Not the only influencer, but obviously you see a guy that watched your steps and was a police officer and left in the successful now. And you want to do exactly what he does. All even the roadmap. Though, even though realizing further in the real estate that different things work for different people. But I had actually considered a few other firms when I was looking at EXP and I'd actually applied to a few other ones. And uh, my mentor actually started at Keller Williams. So he was able to tell me a little bit about that and was considering Weikert and some other ones. And a lot of them were, you know, Monday to Friday, nine to five jobs. And a lot of them you had to go and check in and hope to be handed the lead. Or if you got a commercial deal or something over a certain dollar amount, you couldn't take it your first year. And you know, coming out of the police department, I was leaving a job that was, you know, very follow your chain of command and very do what you're told and yes, sir, no, sir. And I was looking for something different. Like I wanted the, the chains completely taken off and to be free to do what I wanted to do. And if, as you know about EXP, they let you do that. They let you do whatever you really want to do. You can start your team. You can start your own firm. You can run your business how you want to under them. But the only downside to that is they also don't give you those leads or that guidance all the time. I mean, they have online training, but you're kind of on your own. So very important to get with a good mentor like I had. And I was lucky with that. But uh, that was it really is that that led me to more freedom. And I saw the freedom my mentor had to run his business the way he wanted to under them. And that was it. I saw that. And I saw that there, your potential is unlimited with EXP. And that's why I jumped on ship. So what did you do to harvest your first deal? What did that look like for you? Can you walk us through what your day-to-day -day was? What path you chose to lead generate? What path you chose for follow-up? Like, can you walk us through some of that? Sure. So what I did then is what works for me now. And even now, people look at my method and they're like, that's that's not that's not how everybody else does it. And I'm like, yeah, well, didn't take the normal path to get here. So I'm not going to take the normal path to stay here either. So worked like crazy to get my first deal, looked everywhere. 
called sphere of influence. You know, my mentor is very big on post every day on social media. Let them know that you are the only real estate agent they need to know. They hear your name. You're not a police officer anymore. You're the real estate agent. Did all that. Couldn't really find anything. So started digging really deep. Craigslist, uh, Facebook Marketplace, you know, uh, Zillow, Realtor, for sale by owners, expired leads, anything I could find. And there's one thing I knew going into this is that, you know, real estate has a very high failure rate. So thinking about why people fail, I figured if a lot of new real estate agents fail, I need to act like I'm not a new real estate agent. So everybody I talked to never knew I never done a deal before. I went into all my meetings, nervous as anything, but talked like I had been doing real estate for 10 years, even though I had no idea what I was doing. And I knew coming out of police work that when I knock on somebody's door or I go to talk to somebody, the outcome, the negative outcome that can come from a real estate conversation has a lot less risk than where I was coming from. So I had no fear. The worst they can do is say, no, nobody's going to fight me. Nobody's going to bite me. Nobody's going to throw anything at me. So finally found a guy on Craigslist and uh, reached out to him, set up a meeting. And uh, he's like, why should I pick you over, you know, other real estate agents? And it's a guy that he was actually a house flipper. And we've done several deals since. And still to this day, if he listens to this, he'll find out he was my first deal because he don't know now. <laughs> but uh, sat down with him and I'm like, well, I can't tell them about my track record. Can't tell them about my experience. Can't really tell them about my knowledge because I don't have any of those. So I was cheap. So, well, I'll personally cut my commission for you and uh, in hopes that you trust me with your deal. He did. And uh, that was around the 4th of July weekend, 2021. And first deal, nothing special, $180,000 house. And uh, my family came down that weekend. We were at the pool, had my phone glued to me. Every time we got a showing notification, I was texting the agent, hey, let's get this done. Super excited, fired up, ready to go. And that turned into what I use now is that same energy I kept up until now. And really to this day, somehow I've been lucky uh, over the past five months, I've got 15 listings under my belt. and only three buyers. So I, I just, I've become known in the EXP world and in our circle as the FISBO flipper because uh, I go out and talk to for sale by owners and get in the list with me. And I'm told that it's the energy, it's the confidence. And I'm like, well, yeah, because once I tell them my story a little bit, they know that where I'm coming from, I'm confident because the worst thing that you can do is tell me no. And that, that creates a very no pressure relationship from the beginning. And, and I've used that you know, even still today, but yeah, long story short, that's how I got my first deal. It's just acting like I'd been there before, even though I hadn't. So 15 deals in five months, 18 sides with six under contract currently. I mean, that's amazing. man. Seriously. That is amazing. Absolutely. It's better than I, I ever could have imagined. And coming to the end of the year, you know, slow down to take a look. Cause I feel like since I got into this, I haven't taken a second to slow down because Without that paycheck coming every Friday, you feel like you're never doing enough. And so I sit down and, you know, I've been licensed since April of 2021. I got my first deal in July. And if you look at all the Charlotte area, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina is a very hot real estate market. And in the entire area, all the MLS services that 
you know, service this area, there's over 14,000 realtors. And if you look at my volume since July, somehow I've managed to be in less than the top 1% of that and still have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it. Um, okay, so let's dissect this a little bit. Are you still active law enforcement? Technically, I'm certified until August. So they give you one year to come back, no questions asked. And your BLET certification in North Carolina is good for a year. Uh, I have to come back and qualify. But I am officially separated from the department as of August of 2021. Got it. So you are full-time real estate. You are in. Full-time real estate, all in. What are you doing on a daily basis? And what I'd like to dissect is, you know, one thing that I've seen is a lot of newer agents are lost on what to do, you know, not even how to do it, but what to do. Like, what do they even do to go to Google or YouTube or ask somebody, hey, how do you do ABC? What are, what is your day structured look like? Like, I'm assuming there's some discipline behind you just become you because you come from that law enforcement background. And I think as a real estate agent, part of the success is discipline, right? Like finding your niche and then doing the same things that lead you to success over and over and over again to continue to build that roadmap and then adjust as you scale. In your case, I'd love to understand what you're doing and what's working with your schedule on a daily basis to get you these this amount of listings in such a short time. Well, you're absolutely right. So it's a little easier to be disciplined as a police officer or a nine to five job because you have somebody mapping out your schedule for you. My mentor, Joel, was very big about blocking off your day from waking up, you know, working out first thing. So he got me into that. So my day starts out usually around 6 a.m. every day. Get up, work out, have some time to kind of meditate, go over your thoughts for the day, read your Bible you know, get your head right for the whole day. And by getting up at 6 a.m. and knowing you have a workout coming, it gives you a reason that you have to get up because you might not have anything on your real estate schedule, but you got to get up and start doing something. From there, coffee's made, get the milk ready for the little girls, get the coffee done, get everything ready for the house for the day. From there, it's all in real estate. So my goal is naturally leaving a job where I work 60 hours a week and, you know, long days, long nights. And now I have a family is to be home with my family as much as I can. So I've been very fortunate to have a lot of listings, but to maintain that, I still have to put in the work. So after, you know, my personal time during the day is done, usually around nine or so I'm on my laptop. So you hit it on the head where a lot of new agents are lost. And this kind of goes back to where, I was talking about the other firms kind of having like the good old boys club. The things that are taught in real estate are fairly outdated, if, if you ask me. And I think EXP agents are kind of onto that. And that's why they they have the success they do. So, you know, as a new agent, you're taught, well, get out and knock on doors, door knock, door knock, door knock. But my wife doesn't answer the door for strangers. And the Amazon guy doesn't knock. And, I, you know, as a police officer, I'm not answering my door because I know who could be over on the other side of the door. So nobody's knocking on your door or nobody's answering the door. So I tell other agents, you know, spend the money and get some mailers because everybody checks their mail every day. You hang something on their door, they're going to they're going to have to at least look at it and put eyes on it. 
everybody says cold call, cold call, cold call. Well, how many robocalls do you get in a day? A lot. I never answer them. So I know that most nope, people. Who I, have, are, right, I have spam yeah. lockers built in. Like, I don't want to deal with it. Exactly. My phone rings and it says scam likely. So I know. But if I were to text you right now, you would at least look at it. Well, most of the time when an expired or a FISBO is listing a home, it's a cell phone because who has landlines anymore? You're not right. calling a business. That's cell get... phone or Google voice number. Yep. Right. You're not calling a, a, a work phone or a home phone to get, you know, to get somebody to list a business. You're calling people and they have cell phones. So if you send a text message, hey, I'm Robert McClure and I see you're selling this property and, you know, kind of go from there. At least you're looking at what I'm sending you. And that's the biggest thing is you can go out and try. They're like, well, you know, you might talk to a hundred people to get 10 to talk back to you, but you might go to a hundred doors and two might answer. And I, I did try that. I went to neighborhoods and got flyers printed up to hand out and business cards and everything. And I went through neighborhood after neighborhood and hundreds of hundreds of homes and like two people would answer the door and I pull in the neighborhood and they'd be in their yard. I don't want anything. Don't come to my door dogs barking and it's like that's the world you're in now nobody trusts anybody so you gotta you gotta kind of sneak your way in there so that's that's what i do so i wake up and when i get on the laptop i'm looking for people to talk to and the way that i can do that is the internet the internet's a great tool so where are houses listed craigslist for sale by owner.com facebook marketplace every single facebook group moving to charlotte moving to north carolina for sale by owner north carolina I saw the success those groups had and created my own group, didn't put my name on it just for people moving to North Carolina as a generic group. So people would join it looking for a real estate agent, but I'm the only real estate agent allowed in that group because I made it. You got to be creative. It's, you know, and that's the thing is that a lot of these marketing tools and a lot of the old school realtor success tips are just that they're for when people would answer the phone, answer the door. You had to go to a phone book. You had to write things down. We're not in the same world anymore. We're not. And nobody, there's a whole new wave of millennial agents coming in and nobody is teaching these guys and girls how to, how to sell as an, an, an agent in the modern times. So once I find those, I'm, you know, every day, if I can find 10 to 20 people to contact, I have a very good success rate with that. People know now, after I talk to them, that if you put your house on realtor.com or you put your house on Craigslist, 95% of the people who are going to call you are other agents trying to get your business. And 5% are usually going to be unqualified buyers because all the qualified buyers have their agent and they usually don't check FISBOs or expireds. They check the MLS. And so once I get their attention, I, uh, you know, my mentor stole this from me, but I, I explain it like going and selling a car. So if you're selling a 1996 Ford Focus, you can put it on Craigslist and somebody's going to buy it up. So if you have a fixer upper house or a house that needs some work, you can put it on Craigslist. People will buy it. If you're selling a Tesla, nobody's going to buy your $100,000 Tesla from Craigslist. They're going to go to a dealership. Well, a realtor is the dealership. So you have to convey your value. So that's what I do. My text message includes that. Boom. Hey, I see you have this house listed for sale on your own. Are you the owner? Yes, I am. Awesome. Is that what your you... opening line? Typically, yes. I come out of the blue. Don't even need to tell them I'm a realtor. I just want to get them to respond to me. Because if we're having a conversation, I can spiral from there. So, hey, are you the owner of the property at 
ABC 123 Street. Yes, I am. Awesome. What are your thoughts on offering a commission to an agent that brings you a buyer? I don't have a buyer. I can't find a buyer to save my life because all I usually do is listings. But I know if they say, oh, yeah, I'll get you two or 3%, they're willing to pay somebody. Might as well. So I'll say, okay, great. Well, what if I can get you XYZ for your house? Because I see that you're listing it for this as a FISBO. We all know that when you go in the MLS, you usually get more money. Usually you get multiple offers. So if I can net you what you're asking for now after commissions, would you give me a chance? Well, that sounds pretty good. Let's meet and talk. Now we're having our face-to-face interaction. But it's getting into that door, starting that dialogue. And that creates a very no-pressure situation. A lot of feedback I get is, man, I, you know, I put it on forsalebyowner.com and 900 agents called me and they all sound like used car salesmen and they're all pressure and, you know, it's just having a conversation. You know, once you get in there and you can start conveying, oh, I've done this and I've done that. But if you come right out the door like, hey, I'm so-and-so with EXP and I've sold this many houses and you need me and you need me to sell your house. And they don't care. You're never going to have a conversation. Exactly. It shuts them down because they're getting that so many times throughout the day. They're getting so... Everybody is so overloaded with notifications and emails and text messages and phone calls and people knocking on their door and the Amazon guy and, you know, people handing out flyers that like you have to be different. And so just a text message. Hey, you selling this house? Yeah. All right, cool. Well, you know, you're going to pay somebody. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. All right. Well, what if I can get you, you know, I've already run a CMA on the house at that point, so I know what I can get for it or what I should be able to get for it. So what if I can get you this? Well, that sounds pretty good. All right, well, let's meet and talk. And now we have a conversation. So So how many hours a day are you spending lead generating? Every day is different. Um, Some days the well's drier than the other ones. I'd say if I get on the computer by nine, I'm usually lead generating until about 12. Okay. Uh, I have to put three hours a day into finding a new deal because personally I feel like if I'm not getting a new listing or a house under contract per week, I'm not doing something right. And I've kept that energy this whole time. So usually then after lunch, like after 12 o'clock is when I'll have any of my appointments, listing appointments. And you know how real estate is once they're under contract, you're answering your phone all day anyway. And you know, those other deals that are pending, they're kind of throughout the day. It's not like a set schedule, but I'd like to get something going by noon so I'm talking to somebody, you know, about one, two o'clock. And then I'll be honest with you, it's family time after that. I don't like to be doing nothing past two or three o'clock. And that's why I got into this. So if I can put in the hours early, we can enjoy our afternoon. I mean, that's amazing. I love that. So let's let's go back a minute. From nine to 12, are you answering active phone calls or do you have blinders on and your phone's in silent mode and you're focused on just lead gen, lead gen, lead gen? I'm using my phone. I'm sending text messages. I'm answering Facebook messages. I like to get down at nine, send out my wave, and I'm still figuring out the whole, you know, EXP uses KB Core. Mm -hmm. I'm really bad at it. I'm really bad at doing things uniform when it comes to real estate, because like I said, I've been doing this since May and first deal in July. I still don't know everything about what I'm doing. I just know it's working for me. And uh, no, I'm on my phone having conversations with people. We're texting and, you know, I know that if I wake up in the morning and get on the computer and there's 
20 new for sale by owners in Charlotte. I know I can probably get 10 of those to respond to my text messages. Three or four of those to have a conversation with me. And usually that's going to convert to one or two listings for me. Do you have a separate phone number or absolutely are you using a separate phone or using Google Voice or eSIM or what are you doing that's working? Well, I keep it totally separate. So I have a, a real estate number and that was big to me. So when I left policing, I still had a Virginia number. It was a 540 area code. I'm in Charlotte now. So I know that if you're getting random phone calls and text messages from Virginia and you're in Charlotte, you're not, you're definitely not going to answer that. So I made sure we got a local number. And that's the the number that I put everywhere. It's on the sign. It's on the website. It's on social media. That's the number that I can give out to anybody and everybody because it's not my personal number. And you can call that. Anybody can call that. And, and you can use that as much as you want. But yeah, I do have a separate phone for real estate. So based on what you said, you're spending three hours of your day lead gen and starting conversations. And then you have another two, three hours a day to actually manage your business and get deals done. Right. So you have a 30 hour a week business that's netting you anywhere from whatever, three to six deals a month, it sounds like. Yeah. I'll tell you, since I left the job I had, my wife thinks I'm working for like the mafia or something because (laughs) I'm never out of the house. Uh, She sees me. She sees me work maybe 15 hours a week. I'm always home in the afternoon and I'm able to put our daughters down for their nap. But yet paychecks keep showing up in the bank account. So, and I'm like, well, that's why we did this, right? Like that's, that's the, that's the better lifestyle. I, you know, the money is great, but the freedom is, and the family you can't time. can't put a price on that, man. You don't get that back. That's why I got into this. And I'm not going to lie to you and say that I ever anticipated doing this much volume and this kind of business this soon and getting these kind of listings because I've had multiple over $700,000 listings and it, it's been a blessing and it's been crazy, but that's the most important thing is the family time. So yeah, some days I'm working five or six hours, but then days if I can't get anything set for the afternoon in the morning, that's it. It's a three hour work day. And what do you have for a support system on the back end, whether in the form of a team or a virtual assistant or an assistant or somebody that's actually doing transaction management or handling the listings? And how do you have that structure set up for your business? Well, I'll tell you, first of all, I, I don't have an assistant or a transaction coordinator because if you ask my wife, I'm only working 15 hours a week anyway, so there's no reason I can't. <laughs> but I am very fortunate, and this is very cool. So there's a group of us here, and my mentor, Joel Hargett, he works for EXP. He was a CMPD officer for a few years. In our circle, too, is Paul Benloss, Keller Williams, former Rookie of the Year, CMPD officer for around 10 years. Uh, Robert Davis, he's at a Mount Holly. He's not, he's a real estate agent, former CMPD officer. So there's four of us. We get together, we try to get together at least once a month for coffee, if not once a week, and talk about a little bit of real estate and a little bit of you know ideas getting kicked around. But once we're done with that, after about an hour, we just talk about how fortunate we are to have the freedom and the the time we have now. But that's kind of like all of us were former police officers. So we're like, man, like I talked to this agent today and the smallest thing came up and she freaked out. And we're like, yeah, because her stress ceiling is low, like compared to what some of the stuff we've seen and done, like that's nothing. 
And so it just kind of, if you get stuck on something, you know, these are guys that are all multi-million dollar a year producers. Like I said, Paul was the former rookie of the year and Joel's my mentor and those guys are killing it. You know, they're doing, you know, more deals than I'm doing. And it's a great circle that, you know, they take from me. I take from them. I come to them and I'm like, how in the world do you guys get buyers? I can't find a buyer anywhere. And they're like, how do we get listings? We can't find the listings you're finding. And so we just come together and kick ideas around. And, you know, we don't have a team. We talked about starting a team, but all of us are two type A personality and we all want to be the leader. And we talked about if we wanted a team, we'd want the guys that were there together to be on our team. But the guys that are there, we don't need to, you know, be on a team. We want to have a team. And so we're like, man, now we're trying to find, now we're all mentors. So we're getting mentees coming in and we're starting to build from there. And we've set kind of the blueprint. We all described it as like, we were the ants marching out of line. And now that we left, you know, that kind of career and, we were successful. There's a lot of guys we know that are thinking about coming over. And we've actually kicked around the idea of starting a firm, like a partnership, sponsoring first responders and military that want to transition careers, guaranteeing them a salary so that they have that safety net because they have families and helping them be successful. So oh, that's, that's cool. That's that's where we're at now. We're like, you know, Nat, we've we've done it. Now we want to give back. That's awesome. I love that idea. So knowing what you know now, what would you tell a newer agent who may be in a similar position to you? And I don't even mean law enforcement, married, couple kids at home, transitioning careers, or just wants to do something different or starting from zero. What advice would you give them towards the roadmap to success? That you can do it. That is, once you step outside the box, there's a whole world out here. So from birth, we're taught nine to five job, paycheck on Friday, nine to five job, paycheck on Friday, you know, 401k, college fund, college, you know, charge this, charge that, you know, be getting the debt. So you have to have a nine to five step outside the box. And when you're, when you take that leap of faith and believe in yourself, you realize that there's a lot of ways to make a dollar and there's a lot of people in this world that make money in a lot of different ways. So you don't even have to do necessarily real estate, but for a newer agent, just believe in yourself. And like you said earlier, discipline is huge because my wife jokes all the time that there's no way she could do this because she's not getting up at 6 a.m. to work out. She's uh she's sleeping in and there's a lot of people like that. So sometimes, you, you know, it's, it's not for everybody, but you know, everybody has the ability to do it with discipline. So my advice to a newer agent would be to stay hungry and believe in yourself. And you have to have a why. So you said married, anybody who's a lot of guys talk to me and they say, man, you're crazy. Uh, there's no way I could leave my job because I have a wife or I have a car payment. I'm like, man, listen, I have a wife. I had a toddler. She was pregnant with our second kid. She's a stay-at-home mom. We had a mortgage. We had two car payments. We had debt. We had everything going against us. But that's why I'm successful. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I have to do to make sure my kids eat and my wife's happy. And so that's what drives me to get out of bed in the morning is to be great for them. And I tell my wife all the time is I want to set this legacy. And you know, our last name is the best thing I can give to our kids. So 
make it so my daughters never have to call anybody boss, make it so my daughters graduate high school and can pay cash for a house. You know, that's the thing about this field and leaving that nine to five boxes. You can change generations and you can change other people's lives just by going out there and doing something different. I feel that, man. Like my oldest right now is 16. She just turned 16. You know, she's just starting to drive. And I told her for her 18th birthday, don't expect a fancy trip. Don't expect a big bow. What I'm going to give you is a multifamily unit somewhere, probably one to four units, maybe a five to six unit. And I'll handle the loan with you. You're going to be on it. I'm going to teach you how to property manage it using a third party so you can focus on whatever you want to do. She she wants to go to um, Stanford for computer science because she wants to code for Disney. Like she's obsessed with Disney. You know, she has a 4.9 GPA. She's more than capable of it. So good for her. That's amazing. Right. But like I told her, the one thing I want to teach you is never having to worry about money. Mm-hmm. Take that off the table. And the way, the best way that I've seen to do that is real estate. So we're going to get you into your first property. I'm going to show you how to property manage it with a third party so you can be as hands-off as possible. And I'll walk you through that. And then at that point, right, you can let it sit, let it bake for a couple of years, refi it, pull it out, go get another one and build yourself a portfolio based upon whatever number you need to live. So if that number is 10 grand a month, great. If it's 20 grand a month, if it's 30 grand a month, whatever that number is, I'll show you how to get there. So you don't have to worry about it and you have that freedom. Because if I grew up under duress for everything, man, it was always fight or flight, mm-hmm. you know? I don't want that for my kids. Um, I want them to have options and not have to make decisions from a place of survival. I feel that too. That is that you, I don't think it could be said any better than that, but same situation here. My wife and I didn't come from money and, you know, we grew up paycheck to paycheck and it's not about, Oh, you sell a bunch of real estate. So I can give my, you know, my daughters a Mercedes when I turn 18, it's about them never having to live paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, it's, it's not our parents fault. Nobody taught them these things. And back in the day, there was no YouTube and, you know, rich dad, poor dad, you know, you start to get, big until you know after they were growing up and these things were like secret guru like hush hush secrets back then now everybody knows them so there's no reason not to learn that you know people tell me oh well you're crazy for you know like exp stock plan and you know putting money in the real estate in the you know into investments i'm like what's crazier you paying into a 401k for the rest of your life for 30 years and and you're not in control of Right. And you hope that your employer still matches it and that's there when you get done and hoping that you can save over the course of 30 years, multiple millions of dollars so you can live with Social Security if that's still there. Or me, who is like, well, if I buy three or four properties at 20% down, I really only have to probably save, you know, one to $200,000. They're going to pay my liabilities so I can essentially retire at 35. And you're 60 years old, hoping that they, you know, give you what, what they promised you. And like, I, I left the job where I I'm relying on somebody else to, to, for my future. And it's in my hands now. And that's the best thing that I ever could have done is take control of it and pass that down to my daughters. I love that. Yeah. I love hundred percent, man. 
hundred percent. We, the world, I think Robert Kiyosaki actually said this. He said the world's best teachers right now are on YouTube. Yeah. And there's not enough people paying attention to that. And I 100% agree with that. That was the first thing I did when I thought about real estate was read Rich Dad Poor Dad. That's what everybody said, read Rich Dad Poor Dad. And it does, it changes how you think about everything. And it's like I said, you step out of that nine to five box, there's a whole world out there. Yep, it's true. Love it. Well, Robert, I want to be conscientious of your time, man. This has been awesome. Um, where can people find you if they want to have a conversation or reach out or need a house in North Carolina? So I'm on Instagram at Rob, the real estate broker, um, trying to get into TikTok. You can find my TikTok from my Instagram. Uh, I try to take people through houses on there, learning that Facebook, Robert McClure uh, or Robert McClure EXP or McClure Group Realty. There's three Facebooks you can find me at. So there's no reason you can't. <laughs> um, and then just uh I have a MLS page too, if it's easier for people to get to. It's robertmcclure.exprealty.com. I love it, man. Thanks for your time, Robert. This has been awesome. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>